This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Donna and Steve Experience. We are live in Mound at Twin Cities Closet Company. We have so many things to say about it. <laughs> I tell you what. Uh, yeah, we're here. Um, by the way, you, we're going to be here until noon. So if you want to come out, if you've never been to Mound, if you're like Stevie Boy, I live 20 minutes from here. I've never been here. I would tell you to come just for the drive. Yep, because it's too. real pretty. It's real pretty, and then when you get here, uh, you're basically in Lisa Vanderpump's closet. <laughs> I mean, what? it is it really is something. Yeah, if th- these are like beautiful things, that as you walk through, it's just inspiration on your right and on your left, and it would give you all kinds of ideas for your closet, for your living room, for your garage, for your home office. So they have these vignettes. Think of it like if, if Ikea dressed up, you know, like how they have those vignettes, but it's like, okay, this is kind of like, you know, it's Ikea furniture. Yeah. This has this really upscale feel of oh. this is what this space in my house could be. <laughs> it's a show. I mean, look. This closet behind us. We should take some pictures and post them. It's real. I can't even figure out. They have shelf lighting here, built-in shelf lighting. Yep. I can't even figure out where the lights are coming from. Me I went up either. and looked close. I don't know where they're coming from. Wow, that is really amazing. pretty. So, if you would be so kind as to come out here today, visit us, drop off a toy, a gift for the kids at the Ronald McDonald House. We also the this is a classy joint because we're going to give you a gift bag. Yeah, if you drop off goodies, you'll leave with yeah. goodies as well. Um, so you'll get a bag from our friends here at Twin Cities Closet Company again in Mound. Um, and you can come and be a part of doing something good on a Friday, and then you'll leave with something good as well. Ah. Now, I have an update. Okay. For months. People, it all started six months ago. My brown tooth. Some say it started before that. What do you mean it just Well, it just turned brown six months no, ago? No, but it became apparent. I was <laughs> doing a television hit. You remember I used to work on television? Is that right? I used to work on television. Shut your face. It's like the lady at Red Lobster who saw me the other day and then told her friend, he used to work on television. She's like, oh, okay, not interested. <laughs> Why'd they let him go? Um, anyway, I, uh, I got called up by my Twin Cities Live producer after I did a little appearance on the news. And he said, hey, is your bottom tooth brown? And that's how they talked to you over there, what? right? They, so that's how this all started? That was how it started. And then I was like, Okay, listen, I think it's, I don't think it's brown. Um, I think it's just like, it, it, it's, it's a crooked tooth. It has stepped back from the rest of my teeth on the bottom. And so I think he hasn't been getting as much love. He's like the pinky toe of your mouth. Precisely, <laughs> yes. More the pinky toenail of, of my mouth. 
So then I start talking to people about this, saying, oh, yeah, he said this. I said that to my wife that night, and she said, I'm so glad that he said that to you. I said, do, um, do you think that I have a brown tooth? She said, you do have a brown tooth. I said, do you think I can get it back? She thought it was dead. Kelly, I don't want to drop names here, and I won't do it. I'm above that. Kelly Hansen, K Hansen at KSDP.com. <laughs> Kelly with an I. She was convinced <laughs> that this was a dead tooth. Even earlier this week, or maybe it was last week, one of, she said, th yeah, that thing's got to be dead. You, everybody thought that this was dead. When I went to the dermatologist the other day, you said, hey, see if they can do something about that tooth. <laughs> everybody thought he was dead. So I go and get my first dental cleaning in four years yesterday. Sue me. I sit down and I talk to my dentist and I say, listen, I'm here for one reason today, a cleaning and to save Brownie. Let me introduce you. And I told her that there are haters all around the Twin Cities, people on social media who have told me, you need to rip that thing out. That thing is dead. What's going on with Brownie? People have been inquiring about this for months. And I told her, Donna, I told her, listen, I don't think Brownie's story has been completely written yet. I think he still has a future. Do you think it's dead? And she looked at me and she said, there's a chance that it might just be a cleaning that we need. There's another chance that it may have been hit when you were younger and slowly the nerve sort of starts to take on that trauma. Sure. Slowly dies. And then the tooth changes. That was not the vote of confidence that I wanted going into this cleaning. But she said, let's see how it goes. I lay back there. I've got my glasses on. She starts to use this water pick situation, not a traditional scraper like they used to use, this water pick drill thing. And she was going, and it's, you know, zinger here, maybe a zinger there, because it had been a while yeah. since I'd been there. And then she said, bye-bye, oh, Brownie. And I tell you what, Donna. And she yanked him out. No, of she didn't. Mouth. No, she didn't say she did not extract a tooth from my mouth. She said when I started cleaning that, that stain just popped off, wow. and I didn't even look. She said, "Do you want to see it?" I said, "I don't want to see it until I'm in the privacy of my own car," because if I started to cry, I didn't want her to see this. <laughs> I only see her once every four years. So then, sure enough, I smiled and couldn't believe it. I went home and I told my wife, who had said, "I said, say bye bye to Brownie. He's not coming back." And then I went home and I showed her. She was gobsmacked. She said words like, you were right. I was wrong. It wasn't dead. I can't believe that this was well, just a cleaning. I, uh, why did that one tooth take on that I will discoloration? Tell you why. Okay. The reason is, and all of my crooked teeth fellow friends out there know this, that tooth stepped back like it was letting traffic pass by in a hallway, and then he no longer got love from the toothbrush. And so then he became the one that the bristles just didn't hit as much. I didn't focus on him. So he took on the stain. He was undercared for. I still need to straighten this tooth, and I'll do that on my time. Okay, I'm Look not buying it, though. that. I think it's going to come... It's pretty good. It was real. It, it, let me show you. I'm going to show you. I know this is riveting radio. Everybody. Oh, listen, Donna. Yeah. People, again, the Twin Cities has been going crazy. His tooth was the color of my coffee. That's extremely <laughs> offensive. That's the old tooth. Okay. Right? That's the old tooth. And then do I? And then that's the new tooth. Yeah, it's old better. Old tooth. It's like there was a corn, like a popcorn kernel that was stuck on the base of it for a long time. Congratulations. And then they popped it off. Now, if only Flabalage would come back to life. Quickly tell everyone who Flabalage is. Flabalage is a part of my stomach that 
at the bottom, mm. the very bottom of my stomach, just gave up. One morning I woke up and I went, Where, what is that? And it just went, Ew. You said as though it's trying to like look down at your shoelaces. Yes. Kind of, a thing. Kind okay. of it just gave up. All the muscle just disappeared, <laughs> melted, and I'm left with this flap. That I call flabalage. I don't like flab. And maybe flabalage can come back if Brownie can come back. This is what I'm saying. That's we can what go I, on tour. If you want to see, I wrote a full, uh, it was like a spirit-led song yesterday in the car about guess who's back? Brownie's back. And it was really powerful and people emotionally responded to it. And they were saying things like, I didn't know I had hope in this area of my wow. life and now I do. Congratulations, Steve. You mean that? Nope. All righty. All right. Uh, don't forget, come on out and see us. We are at, at uh, Twin Cities Closet Company. We are in a found location. It is gorgeous. I, I would suggest you come out just for the drive because it's so pretty. All righty. When we come back, uh, we've got some things that will make you go, huh, see if you can figure this out. It's just a little bit of Christmas music trivia, right, Donna. Fine. Just bear with me. Let it snow, silver bells, white Christmas, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, a holly jolly Christmas, and the Christmas song all have this in common hmm. what do you think it is makes it a little ironic since these are christmas songs we'll tell you when we come back it's donna and steve on my top it's not all entertainment and pop culture sometimes we do sports talk hey uh you watch ted lasso how about them squid games see my talk 1071 where talk is fun chestnuts roasting on an open fire Jack Frost nipping at your nose. Yuletide carols being sung by choir. And folks dressed up like Eskimos. Everybody knows a turkey and some mistletoe. Are we on? Help to make this on. Welcome back. You're listening to Donna and Steve on My Talk 1071. Everything Entertainment. You know, if you did a ranking of the greatest Christmas songs of all time, mm. and not just like what's the title of the song, but the song and the artist who sang it best, mm. this, this is in the this championship match. Nat King Cole. It's good. I mean, just you hear anybody else sing this song, and it's like, okay, You're like, thanks. Okay, yeah, All right, nice try I love it karaoke. <laughs> yeah, I'll pass on that. Uh, anyway, that's Nat All King right. Cole. Uh, with that, it's going to lead us right into a curious fun fact that we have. Hit it. So Donna thinks she may have figured this out. Here's what I left you with before the break: these songs, "Let It Snow." Silver Bells, mm -hmm. White Christmas, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, mm -hmm. A Holly Jolly Christmas, and that song right there, the Christmas song, a.k.a. Chestnuts Roasting on an Open Fire, all have this in common. They're Christmas songs. <laughs> I love it! <laughs> no, what a um, dynamic chemistry. <laughs> they're all written by Burl Ives. Okay. Good guess, right? Decent guess. Yeah, like Burl Ives. I like Burl Ives I a like lot. I like the name Burl. Burl? <laughs> uh, no, this is not the case. Okay. All of those songs were written by Jewish composers. Okay. Is it that, that interesting? Works. Yeah. Uh, Let It Snow, Silver Bells, White Christmas, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Holly Jolly Christmas, which I think is a Burl Live song, uh, sung by, and then the Christmas song, all written by Jewish composers. And the reason 
That's interesting. Is because they, you you they don't celebrate Christmas, Christmas exactly right. right. So you wouldn't think that that would be the case. That being said, um, these these are all more you know less uh, Christianity Christmas. Right. You know, it's not like they they yeah, <laughs> these are weather related songs. <laughs> right. Yeah, less like Silent Night or Away in a Manger, which right. would be a little harder to believe. Uh, let's see. Oh, this is let's get this one out of the way. You produce between one and two liters. Think of a like two liter of Pepsi. Is this going to be gross? It is, but I have to read it. This is what they sent to me today. Is it going to be a word that rhymes with Yukis? It is. <laughs> you produce between one and two liters of Yukis every day, and you swallow most of it. Yeah, that's good. Is that the good part? I that was the part where I was like, oh lord, I don't care. You can tell me that I produce gallons of it. I don't care. Can you spit. I just don't. Li- no, I don't. Sp- <laughs> that was judgy. What do you spit? Are you a spitter? Yeah, you, you spit on the like, pavement. You kind of look like a spitter. <laughs> Every now and again, I spit. I know. I, I my mom tried to break the habit when we were kids, but the uh, the the notion of just knowing that that's happening without me being aware that it's just sort of getting swallowed. I don't like that at all. That could make me throw up right now. You're the one who brought the story. You're right. Let me shift. Let's move on to something else here. Uh, how about this? In 20, (laughs) let me go to a different one. There are as many as, how many languages spoken in New York City? Oh, so many. Uh, 400. Double that. No way. There are as many as 800 languages spoken in New York City, and nowhere in the world has more languages spoken than the neighborhood of Queens. Mm. You've been to Queens? I have for a funeral. Oh, man. Yeah. Queens is like Jersey. Yeah, Staten Island. You know, it's kind of the redheaded stepchild of New York. Oh, sure. You know, it's kind of like, oh, what are you from Queens? How, can we rank? <laughs> You're probably from Staten Island. Does it go Manhattan, <laughs> Brooklyn? Brooklyn's pretty. The hip. Bronx, Queens. Is there another one? Staten Island. Is that a thing? Long I- Long Island. Is that a place? It's That's not a, a thing. Bur- yeah, but it's not a borough. It's not one of the boroughs. I love listening to you say borough. Your new, it's, it's the Jersey comes out. What are the boroughs? Manhattan, Long Island. Not Long Island. Oh, this is great. You're not hearing it, but you're turning so Jersey right I now. I am not. Um, Manhattan, the Bronx, Brooklyn, Queens. And Staten Island. And Staten Island. Wow. There you go. You ever been to the South Street Seaport? Yes, many times. Really like it yeah, down there. Yeah, it's really pretty. Yeah, I like touristy places. Um, hey, you know those inflatable dancing tubes that you see outside of car dealerships that you that told remind me? remind me of you, <laughs> the ones with the flailing arms. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. 
Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. <laughs> You've already said to me today, don't you ever turn it off? <laughs> I have a little too much energy today. Do you remember today. the time you were running late? For uh, the state fair, and we were walking by, and one of those guys with the flailing arms was going in front of, I yes. don't know, somebody's thing. Never and I go, well, if Steve's late, we could get that guy to fill in. <laughs> you just hear the buzz of a generator. and <laughs> <laughs> What's the difference? So those inflatable dancing tubes that you see outside of car dealerships uh, have only been around since 1996. 25 years, relatively oh. new. They were originally invented as part of the opening ceremonies for the 1996 Olympics in Atlanta. Really? So think of this. We said, let's, we have the Olympics. What's this? Everybody wanted it, but we got it. Uh, yeah, we'll take care of opening ceremonies. Um, we'll get us some of the car dealership, Flappy Tubey guys. <laughs> and then it went to Beijing in 2008. And imagine the pomp and circumstance. Do you remember the 08? Nope. Oh, my gosh. The 2008 Beijing opening ceremonies were unbelievable. It was the, the precision of everything that I they did was beautiful. I remember thinking it was great, but I don't, couldn't tell you anything that happened. Well, you know, I remember it so much for some reason. And so now juxtaposing that with the 1996 last time it was in uh, America for the summer games, knowing that we used the car dealership tubes <laughs> feels rather American. Now, they were probably made in China, but still, yeah, right, exactly. it feels that rather very American. Um, All right, I'll give you one last one. I was trying to avoid it, but we have to get to it. In 2011, there was an unsuccessful attempt to make passing gas in public illegal in the African country, Malawi. Mm-hmm. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> you think that, that it should like happen in more places? It should be enforced, yes. Especially, like, on a bus. Well, for on a sure. train. Yeah. But, yeah. but alone in an aisle in a grocery store? You're going to put <laughs> me behind bars? I think we need to really fine-tune the law. I think we need to get some citizen arrests going on oh, bring I, that back i bet those would go over great this day and age <laughs> sir i would like to place you under hands behind your back sure i wonder if anybody does that anymore what's the actual rule i don't know if you see a crime in progress and if you can hold the i don't know <laughs> i don't know we don't have to know uh we are live at twin cities closet company in Mound. We're going to be here until noon. It's part of our Santa stop. Come by, drop off a gift or a donation, and you'll leave with a fun gift bag from our friends at Twin Cities Closet Company. When we come back, hear from Alec Baldwin after he sat down with George Stephanopoulos last night. That's next. We are live at Twin Cities Closet Company in Mound. This might be one of my favorite uh, Santa stops. It's just really gorgeous where we are. It's so pretty. They're eventually um, going to be redoing our studio, you know, eventually, like in the yeah. year 2029. Yeah, yeah. And uh, maybe we should have them do it. I mean, it's just I'm like thinking, some of this sweet Let's language, pitch that to you know? the sea monster. <laughs> we should. I know. It's I mean, just really gorgeous. beautiful stuff. Again, it's it's closets. It's living rooms, it's garages. Organization. Organiza yes, absolutely. If you have a space Kitchens. in your home where you're like, boy, this we could do better here, uh, they might be able to help you think outside of the box. Come by, absolutely. see us, drop off a gift.
Yes, please do. And we'll give you a little gift as well. Yeah. Um, okay, so, and by the way, those gifts are going to the families at the Ronald McDonald House so that they'll have, you know, they, they have to spend Christmas, you know, families that have to spend Christmas at Ronald McDonald House will have gifts to give their kids. So we're about to hear from Alec Baldwin. Um, and here, here's an interesting side of life. And we are engrossed in entertainment all the time. We're reading articles, staying up on it. That being said, especially if you live in the world where, you know, like we don't, God love our news department, Channel 5. I love him best in the biz. Um, we don't have the news on much. We just don't watch live TV a lot. So right. we're doing a lot of on-demand stuff. I say that because uh, my wife came into the room last night as I'm watching the Alec Baldwin thing and said, what is this? And I said, oh, this is the story. She had never, she had lived life the oh, last three weeks, four weeks, whatever it's been. Never knew anything. Oh, wow. And then immediately sat down and had some instant reactions to what she was hearing. So with that, why don't we hear from Alec Baldwin? This is really the headline maker from the interview, which was him telling George Stephanopoulos how the gun went off, claiming that he did not pull the trigger. Take a listen. Now, in this scene, I'm going to cock the gun. And I said, do you want to see that? And she said, yes. So I take the gun and I start to cock the gun. I'm not going to pull the trigger. I, I said, do you see that? She said, well, just cheat it down and tilt it down a little bit like that. And I cock the gun. I go, can you see that? Can you see that? Can you see that? And she says, and then I let go of the hammer of the gun and the gun goes off. So you have this Colt 45. You just pulled the hammer as far back as I could without cocking the actual And you're holding on to the hammer. I'm holding that. I'm just showing. I go, how about that? Does that work? Do you see that? Do you see that? Is that? She goes, yeah, that's good. I let go of the hammer. Bang, the gun goes off. Okay. So one of the interesting things that George Stephanopoulos was sort of pushing Alec Baldwin on was so many people have said, so many people have commented, which mm -hmm. Baldwin was like, yes, I know a lot of people have thought that it would be helpful for them to offer their take on what happened. Um, but many people have said you would never on a set point a gun mm -hmm. at a person. Right. And Stephanopoulos said, so why did you? And I thought that he had a reasonable explanation as to why that happened, which was because she told me to. The cinematographer is telling me, and it sounds sort of like this little inch-by-inch inch direction, because mm -hmm. they're trying to get the shot just right. And so he's doing everything that she is telling him right. to do while she She's stands off the shot. to the yeah. side, has a monitor turned out her way, and, uh, and she was asking him to hold this gun just off of the camera. I thought it made sense. I know nothing about any of this stuff, I thought that, that his explanation of that, which is step one in how could something like this have happened, I thought it made sense. What was your take? Um, well, that was my initial take. And then I was listening to the morning show, and Miss Shannon had some really good points. First of all, it seemed, if you really think about it, it really seemed like Alec Baldwin kind of rehearsed what he was going to say. He was genuinely upset, and mm -hmm. rightfully so. I think he's anticipating some lawsuits, and I think because of that, he's not really giving the answers that the public wants to hear. Like, do you feel guilt? And he said no. And I don't like the headline either in the New York Post today, um, Alec Baldwin insists he's not to blame for fatal shooting. That I don't think that sh that was the takeaway. I mean, I, I don't think he's responsible. Yes, he probably should have checked the gun. You know, if you're talking to all the the, the people who know how to handle um, 
guns on set, but I think he was really trying to protect himself. So when that kind of rubbed me the wrong way and surprised me when George said, do you, you felt this, you felt that, you felt this, did you feel guilt or do you feel guilt? And he said, no. How do you not? Like it's a human natural emotion to go, oh my gosh, I'm the one holding the gun. But if he admits to feeling guilt, then that can be used against him in a lawsuit or deposition or whatever. Yeah, that's a very tough spot for Alec Baldwin to be in, particularly with the semantics that are involved there, right. which is the use of that word. But I mean, are I, mean, I don't want to be like an, is different than do you feel guilty? Sure, but that's also sort of a semantic word too. And like, you can feel really sad and upset about something and not guilty you know sure um like you could be in an accident you could be in a car accident that legally you were someone's always the cause right one of the two vehicles is the cause you could be the cause you could feel heartbroken and just distraught and broken up and not guilty at the same time i think it's just like a really nuanced level that Mm -hmm. may be the word that we associate with guilt and by the way i think you're right I'm sure he sat down with legal counsel before and they said, we're going to throw 50 questions at you. This mm-hmm. is going to get uncomfortable. Let's talk right. through some of this. And then they have to fine tune it. I think we can only expect so much out of Baldwin in a situation like this. We wanted to hear from him. And so, you know, so he goes out and answers the questions. And I understand that he probably has some rehearsed points mm-hmm. that he wants to mm-hmm. make. And he does need to be really careful. Um, I appreciated that he said, you know, there are there are two victims here. The you know, like the victims are Helena, right, who died, the cinematographer, and her family. Like right. no, like I'm I'm not right. But also, he can still be sad, messed up. Life can yes. still be difficult yes. to live. You know, those two things can be um, true at the same time. Stephanopoulos asked about how about when people like Clooney say this, and then they played Clooney's audio of him basically just saying, this is like crazy. This should have never happened. Now, am I coming across here as a Baldwin apologist here? I thought he walked through it and said, look, I understand that other people say that their mode of doing it is then they open it and they check. They were using all sorts of terms. I don't know. Magazines, clips, and rounds, whatever. But he said, I have a different system that has not failed me for 40 years. Right, up until this point. And so I think it's a little bit of a of a lazy headline to write which is using the word negligence on mm-hmm. set like mm-hmm. on his part and he was even careful to use that i think last night he said that's actually a legal term and so he was saying someone is responsible for what happened right. but i don't know that i can say negligence that's for they need to look into that from a criminal standpoint can i tell you the most shocking thing to me is that they actually have real guns on sets i never knew that they were using actual real revolvers. Mm-hmm. I thought they were, you know, what do you call it, like soldered, yeah. welded, you know, and closed up. I never knew that there were actual, you know, real-life guns on sets. Yeah. It, it, and why? People have asked the question why, and armorers, and there's an armorer out this morning who's like, you know, I don't believe Baldwin and all this. I get it. The armors are standing together, I understand. Uh, But one of them said that really adds a certain gravitas to a performance is when they're holding an actual weapon as opposed to a rubber gun or a dummy gun, to which I say, guys, we're playing dress up. 
Okay. Right. What we're doing for a living is acting. Right. And if your ability right. to act stops when a rubber gun is in your hand, meanwhile, you're playing Thomas Edison or a civil war. So you're good with all that. And you can embody the character there. But if it's a rubber gun, suddenly you can't. What about the green screen behind you? None of the Avengers ever went to Ultron exactly. or wherever. We're exactly. Exactly the point. And especially in this day and age. And you know what? There are people who can make guns. And make them look real. They don't have to be rubber. For sure. You know, it could mm-hmm. look. I, I was in color guard and I used to twirl a rifle, you I'll know. Brag. But the rifle didn't have, you know, the capability to put bullets in it. No, and that's the other piece that Baldwin was really leaning in on, which was how did a real bullet get on set? And by the end of it, he said, my assumption would be that this was some sort of an accident back at a facility as these what were supposed to be dummy rounds were right. all packaged together that one that was real got there he seemed to step away from the notion that it could have been a nefarious intentional plot of someone like and now right. i'm gonna put a real bullet in there but instead they were loading right. it with these shells or whatever that look all the same right but most of them can be dummies and then one could be live right he said he didn't even realize like they he didn't even know that she had been shot because he thought it was a cold gun which is what he said was so for an hour, she was lying there, and he thought she just passed out. They thought, is this a heart attack? Did she pass out? How about What's the other guy, on? though, who got shot? Joel Souza, the director. So did it go through yes. Helena and then hit him yes. uh, in the shoulder? Yeah, it was. And we didn't hear from Because it's that type of ammunition. I heard Kenny talking about it this morning, that that type of bullet keeps going until it loses steam. It'll just keep going through, mm. you know, whatever it is that it hit. It's just so tragic, so so tragic. Yeah, it. Uh, I don't know. It seems that the the reviews of what Alec Baldwin had to say were mixed. rather mixed. I just wonder if some of that has to do with people's feelings about Alec Baldwin being mixed. He's a cantankerous guy. Yeah, a bit of a polarizing figure in the world of entertainment. Well, and then there's there was a blind item yesterday when I was on with Colleen and Bradley mm-hmm. that basically said Alec Baldwin did this interview with Stephanopoulos in exchange for his wife getting two or three appearances on Good Morning America. Oh, hashtag, how do you say cucumber? Oh. (laughs) That's hilarious. Hilaria. Hilaria, which Hillary. Um, Yeah, so there's just all these things that are rubbing people the wrong way, I think. Well, listen, if you want to, if we're all the things that run the wrong way, then I even felt a little bit weird at the end when at the end of the, the interview, it comes up and says George Stephanopoulos Productions. Me too. And I was like, okay. And it's funny because we're reading this Katie Couric book. So I just imagine there's dealing going on. Right, why, why Stephanopoulos? They're buddies, mm-hmm. you know, because Alec Baldwin is a, a, a big liberal. Mm-hmm. George Stephanopoulos. Former Clinton aide. Exactly. Sure. So yeah. there's probably some kind of camaraderie there that. You yeah. know, got him the interview. Oh, I anyway, know, guys, let's uh, lighten things up. If you missed it, by the way, it'll probably be, I would imagine, on demand oh, already. For sure. So you can you can catch up yes. on the whole thing. Uh, how should we lighten things up? What do we have? Well, next? if you see something, you should say something, yeah, right? Yeah. Well, oh my gosh, there is a ten-year-old artist who has become Miami's newest sensation. So I want to tell you about that, and then. I saw a video this morning that just blew my mind. I'll tell you what I saw when we come right back on My Talk 1071. All right, we're back. Hello. How's it going? We oh, had an awkward moment during the break. Uh, yeah, we 
we did. Thanks for saying what you said. You saw something, and, I said and you something. said something. Mm-hmm. Takes, takes a real hey, lady if to you see that. something, say something. Oh, that is catchy, huh? Time for If You See Something, Say Something with Donna and Steve. If you see something, say something. Come on and party tonight. I think it was chocolate that was on my ear. But you said you have something weird on your ear. And then panic and said, <laughs> I can't even look at it. And then I just walked over and it was dark. That's my best guess. I could be wrong. I don't know. Maybe I've met a bunch of people here at Twin Cities Closet Company today. And they were like, hey, man, that dude's got something super weird on his ear. I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure everyone was linking it. I know I was. <laughs> Tough start. Yeah, yeah. All right. No, listen, I got some stuff for you. I've got to share this. And all you've right. got to link it up, yeah? Ooh. First of all, there is a 10-year-old boy. And I don't know how to say this artist's name, so I'm not even going to try. But hold on, hold on, Steve. Get off my back. Also, instead of linking it up, since I didn't bring my laptop... What if you described it and then people Googled it? Doesn't that feel good today? All right, fine. All right, great. So he's a 10-year-old, and during the pandemic, he saw this piece of art by, um, what's his face? All right, this guy who like draws like <laughs> Picasso stuff. Oh, yeah, one of these guys. And so he said to his dad, I can do that. So his dad said, okay, I'm going to go get him like huge canvases and see what he can do. Well, wouldn't you know, this kid is talented. And he could actually do it. So it's a Miami Art Week is going on right now, and he's one of the featured kids. Wow. And he's got, like, Channing Tatum. Who's the guy, Wolf of Wall Street guy? Leo. Jordan Belfort. Mm. The guy that it's about. Oh, me not know. Yeah, so he's bought some of his pieces. Sophia wow. Ver- uh, Vergara bought some of his pieces so he's got offers like crazy now uh page six has an article on it i mean incredible it's it's really cool and it's kind of funny too because sometimes art is very subjective absolutely and sometimes we parents have thought oh my gosh my kid could make that what is it that you know it looks like spin art at the fair but it goes for eleven thousand dollars uh this kid actually said he could do it and then turns out he could really He's talented. Do it. You would never guess if you were walking through and it was in a normal museum that it was done by a 10-year-old. So I guess he watched a film about Jean-Michel Basquiat. Oh, boy. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> and that's where, uh, where is it? Right there. How yeah. do you say that? Say. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Jean-Michel Basquiat. Sorry, that's I studied French in high school. Show off, okay. Anyway, really, really good. Look up on page six because it's it's colorful, it's happy. It is very vibrant. Really good. Some of these paintings almost look like they're backlit. You know Uh, what I mean? Yes. Like there's a like there's a vibrant. Yeah, really pop. I like that a lot. I could see that working in your your space. I would love it. You know, I bet you have a lot of non traditional art at your house. That's what I would see. Am I seeing it right? I don't even know what that means. I bet you have stuff that you couldn't purchase at a regular store. Like you're not buying your art on the way out of Bed Bath and Beyond. Correct. It's you're getting uh, sort of weird yes. stuff. Was did that come across? Yeah, as a compliment? that came out. That's really good. All right, Thank good. you. Uh, compliment accepted. All right. Okay. Then. The other thing I saw. I don't know if anybody else saw this video this morning. There is a video of a semi truck. 
dragging a car underneath it, Mm-mm. right? Steve, you got to watch this. Ex- tell what you are seeing right Alrighty. now. I, I'm, I think we're all going to get like Christmas vacation vibes here. Uh, yeah, this is a, an 18-wheeler just fully driving at full speed. And oh, my word. Now, wait for it. Wait for it. What? what? Now watch what happens next. The car. Wait, okay. don't look away. I'm not Whatever going you to. do. Is that a person? Yes. <gasps> what are they doing? Waving? I, they're waving like, help me. I'm oh stuck under my the semi. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so imagine a semi flying down the highway. A car has come perpendicular to mm-hmm. it and wedged the whole front side of it in like the front window underneath. So the truck is driving forward. The car is sideways wedged underneath it, yeah. just getting dragged. How does this end? I don't know. How does that truck driver not know? I, I think it ends okay. okay. I don't think anyone was hurt. But that per that so that Holy car basically t boned the truck. The yes. truck has no idea that there's a car dragging under it. Oh my! It's moving so that the wheels of the car aren't spinning because it's going. That at- is. Really crazy. Donna, since we're not going to link that up, tell people how they can find that today. Oh, that's all right. What should they do? Just search T-Bone? Just search T-Bone. It should come up. <laughs> it's a video show. It's on storyfull.com. Star, storyfull.com. I don't know. It's not my problem. You know, you're right about that. Really <laughs> forgot about the linking it up. I just don't know if I'll try it from my phone. Maybe I can do it from my phone. Okay. You know, I like to bring my phone on these remote broadcasts to kind of, you're here with your computer and I like to walk in I with this. I feel like you took, it took me for granted. And I think I did. Yeah, now I for see sure. the limitations of it. <laughs> I feel really bad about this. Uh, the video is unbelievable. Yeah, it's That is a really crazy. wild video. Thank you. No, thank you for sharing, Donna. We appreciate that. Again, we're here at Twin Cities Closet Company in Mound. And you're saying, hey, that's cool. I've never been to Mound. Neither had I. I live in Shaska. I mean, it was 20 minutes away. This place is really gorgeous. You know what I'm getting? There are uh, vibes where it's really, uh, it feels really rich. Yeah. Parts of it. And then there are other parts (laughs) of it that feel almost like a quaint seaside town yes you're like a yes yes like a main street kind of really uh norman rockwell getting back to art yes it's got a really just like cute little vibe to it Uh, so anyway when you come here this is one of our santa stops which means you can bring a gift or a donation we will get them to our friends at ronald mcdonald house we love them and they're helping out kids and their families who are staying there during the holidays but if you bring in something, you will leave with something. I don't know that I've ever been a part of a situation like this where you no. drop off a donation and then you leave with swag. You know right. what? The, you know what these swag bags have in them? Um, oh well, heck. Uh, an ice scraper. Ice scraper. That's Beautiful. pretty great. What's this? So Gene makes these candles. Oh, I in love our candles. Oh, Gene. Oh, Isn't that bless incredible? it. We should light that. Is that against fire code? Let's light that. Okay. Uh, and then, oh, lots of tissue paper. And here's what I think is really great. Chocolates, like, oh, that's my favorite brand. So it's the Lindor. Is it Lint or Lindor? Oh, there's two. Lint, Lint. You know the chocolate balls that have the the (laughs) caramel in them, and they are just the best. It feels like the kind of chocolate that you would have in Mound, doesn't it? It really does. Like, Um, they wouldn't even allow that in Bloomington. Oh, no, no, not a chance. No, you're getting M&M's. Hey, welcome. We're happy to have you. Um, and it's just so lovely. And then a nice little ornament, too. Really cute. So uh, anyway, you drop something off. You get involved in doing some good for the families at Ronald McDonald House. And you'll leave with some goodies as well. And you can grab a seat. We've got some seeds, coffee, donuts, all of it. I love it. All right. What do you want to do when we come back? Uh, do we have any fun 
new music that's happening? Anything that got... I know J-Lo just released a video for her song, On My Way. We can get to that. Also, I want to tell you who is the best overall, as far as all genres, on the album chart, on the Billboard album chart. See if you can figure out who it is for the entire year. And uh, I don't know. I might have a Taylor Swift story. I don't oh, know. Gosh. It's a day that ends in Y, and she's got a Taylor Swift story. We'll get into that. Uh, coming up at 10.30, we're going to be playing College of Pop Culture Knowledge, 11.30 Slow Jam, all sorts of fun. Coming your way, it's Don and Steve on my time.